This is Blue 42. We're going to go red, right, tight, close, sprint, left, G, U, corner, half back, flat, on two. Ready, right. Now here's your hosts, Danny O'Neill and Paul Gallant. Blue 42. Blue 42. I'm jonesing for some Shane Waldron offense. I know that it's something I'm likely not going to see in Saturday night's preseason game, but Russell Wilson at yesterday's media availability was asked about whether or not he might play on Saturday. If he wants to play, here's what he had to say. Man, I'm always hoping to play, you know. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. It's a coach's decision, but uh, I'm always ready, you know. Uh, I'm always uh, ready to play, and obviously being in front of the uh, 12s is always great. So um, we'll see what happens. Does Russ want to play? Do you think he'll play on Saturday night? I think Russ wants to play. I don't think he's going to play. If Dwayne Brown's not going to play, Jamarco Jones, we'll see how he goes. I know he got a little work in a couple days ago, did not yesterday. Boy, he is still out, still moving pieces up front. Yeah, I I don't think so, Paul. And, you know, I was chatting about this a little bit with Salk, and I was watching Hard Knocks, and I know I'm like a day late on Hard Knocks. Um, but boring. It, Hard uh, Knocks is boring. Yeah, a little, a little boring. I already quit Hard Knocks again. Did you? Re- oh, you already quit it? Really? <laughs> the second of his own, yeah, I'm out. Did you really? You're out already. Come on. You got a guy with a shoulder injury. No one cares about anything other than the guy with the shoulder injury. Well, here's here's a little bit of the challenge is, you know, Pete has made this turn, and we talked about this, I believe, on Tuesday. This plant-based turn was in 2018, and now he's making a turn in the preseason, right? And it's been gradual, uh, and but but this year it seems full scale, and, and I do think it is the folks, the data folks upstairs but here's the challenge with that. Look around the league at what's happening all over the league. These teams like the Rams that are not playing their starters or the Raiders, guess what they're doing? They're scrimmaging against each other. The Broncos and the, and the Vikings are scrimmaging against each other. All of these teams are spending some days leading up to the games actually getting quality, good on good work. And as you watched, you know, hard knocks with the Rams and the Cowboys and the intensity ratchets up and, and you're able to... You know, to get some of that, you know, pretty quality, highly competitive work, that is the one area that Pete has said no to. Nope, I don't want anybody in the other program in our house, and, and we we don't do that. That's not the way that, you know, we go about our business, why he never wants to be on hard knocks. He doesn't want people to see the, uh, the secret sauce behind the scenes and the way they go about it, and he's been pretty adamant, at least with us over the last few years, that, yeah, the, the scrimmaging and, and doing that, not part of what we do, but man, if your ones, Danny, you were kind of lamenting this a little bit on Tuesday, are not going to get any work in the preseason, don't they need to play at least a little? And I think what you're seeing around the league with most everybody else is they're getting that little by scrimmaging other teams before the preseason game. I've always wondered if that was just geography. Like Seattle's so far away from everybody else, but you're right. Like Pete's, Pete's, Pete's always been pretty closed. Like he. He gives you the illusion of being the most open coach with media, and he is. But he doesn't let other teams no, come in. No, you know, Denver went out and played Minnesota. They flew yeah. out on a Tuesday, scrimmaged Wednesday, Thursday, you know, kind of light day Friday, and played each other on Saturday. So, yeah, you know, you, you had an opportunity maybe a week ago if you wanted to do that, or I'm sure if they would have invited Vic Fangio and crew and said, hey, you want to come out a couple days early? You know, we got enough room at the VMAC. we got three fields. We can make it work. There's some hotels in Bellevue. I'm sure you guys would enjoy coming out. Uh, I think he would have done that, but that's not the case. Yeah. 
It's interesting. I always like it when Pete shows his like shows the traits of the paranoid football coach. Yep. Great. He's like like all of the yeah. Come on in here. Like hard knocks. Heck no. You think we're doing hard knocks? You crazy? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What 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 good could possibly come of that? Like Correct. all of the different things. Like NFL Films gets a lot more information from some other teams than yep. it does from Pete. Like yep. he's open, but there are limits, and he does not budge on those limits. Now, I wonder the one. I, I bet you, if there was one, and they don't play in the preseason ever because of geography. But I bet you, if there was one coach, one team, he would do that with. It'd be New England. It's probably true. That's such a strange. It's thing. so weird, right? Like you have the most <laughs> closed off. Uh, I had Chris Peterson on my uh, sh- uh, serious show this week, and it was hilarious because he's joined Fox, and you're going to see him on Saturdays, Danny, on Fox Sports because the big noon kickoff is going to be out on the road. Thrilling, man. Yeah, I bet that Coach- guy's going to be just a freaking live wire. Well, on I'll tell you, I'll like, tell you what, Chris, Chris Peterson just going to come out of his shell and be thrilling. I will tell you what, Danny, uh, I had an hour with him. And the smile really? on his face and the joy that he had. No kidding. I'm not even like, – I'll send you – yeah, I'll send it to you. You'd be like, who is this guy? And I even said that to him. I said, Chris, i got to be honest with you. I didn't mention you by name, Danny, but you were in my mind. Like, yeah. I know I, a lot of people are like, Chris Peterson? Media? What? Really? And he, yes, and he was like, I love football. <laughs> Sitting around last year and, and through the pandemic and watching all of it. And I, I mean, I love ball and – He's like, and I didn't realize, he said, you know, my dad was a coach. When I was six, seven yeah. years old, we were in the living room, and he had the whatever, the six millimeter or ten, whatever, the tape, and and it's on the on the living room wall, and I'm sitting there watching it with the other coaches, and here's a trap play, and here's this, and and he's like, just being away from it reminded me how much I love ball. So, of course, I said to him, I said, well, if you can do it, maybe Belichick can do it. <laughs> and he giggled again. He's like, that was my guy. I always marveled at how he could just say yes or no and not answer anything. I yeah. I loved him. He was my model from that presentation, but his model from this presentation, I think it's going to be very different. Fun to see. I'm excited to see that. Yep. Question two. Don Nelson's Zen-esque approach, maybe. I, I, I love Chris Peterson as a coach. Like, I want to be very, very clear about that. I just think he's painfully boring. And I'm, I'm not. I'm not objecting to that style. He's just a board. So I, I'm excited to see if he is exciting and and and, and engaging. It's not a criticism. I'll of tell you what he what he was though, Danny. As you say that, you're right. I think he wanted to give the media zero yeah, zilch none. zippo. But you know what he did do remarkably well? Recruited. Oh yeah. And you know what you're not doing right now? Recruiting. You're getting kids <laughs> decommitting all over the did place. You, Seriously. Did you know that that's the question? Did you know that that is question two? No. Washington has lost a fourth recruit from its 2022 football recruiting class. Ben Roberts, defensive lineman out of Utah. It's a fourth dude. They didn't have any of it left after Chris Peterson. Should I be worried? Yes. Ah! Yeah, and that is where, Danny, like that's the the paradox that was Chris Peterson, right? Boring with the media, gave you nothing, didn't even like to meet with the production crew. Seriously, imagine himself, and he said it. He said it the other day, point blank, like, yeah, Belichick was my model. I, I always marveled at how that guy could say absolutely nothing, and and that was the way he wanted to handle his media. That was not the way he recruited. He was warm. He was engaging. He was trustworthy. Uh-huh. Trustworthy. And that is why kids committed to him and, and committed early to him and stayed with him and did not decommit. And I am not saying Jimmy Lake is not trustworthy. Jimmy Lake is a now second-year head coach who had, what, four games a year ago? 
I mean, he is a newbie in this realm that's got to show himself. And I was reading somewhere, and I agree with this. It is all going to be about results. Uh, you know, the, production-wise, his seat obviously is not hot year two. He's building. He's he's doing all of that. But, you know, as far as recruiting goes, you got to win. It's the only way you're going to turn this de- this, this decommit, you know, decommitment faucet off is to go out there and show the product, something you couldn't really do the year before because it was such a tiny, small sample size. But now you got to get people back in Husky Stadium. you got to get it rocking. If they win at Michigan, guess what? Guess what? Some of those kids on the fence or maybe even those that decommitted were like, yeah, you know what? Okay. Now I see it. Now I see it because all I'm hearing about right now is is words. Peterson, I saw it. I had decades of evidence to it, Danny. And so he's going to have to win, and it's going to be paramount for recruiting salvage this class to get some big W's on the board. Question number three. Saw a list put together, Brock, by Peter Schrager. I don't know quite Ooh, how. Oh, I saw that list, in. too. He in, yeah. And we are, we're like on the same page today. It's Seriously? amazing. Yeah. yeah. I'm Vulcan feeling you guys on this Thursday morning. Must be game week. Home game opener. week. Let's uh, go. I like Danny making the Vulcan mind meld reference. LJ Collier breakout year. What? <laughs> what? What? what is Schrager talking about? Yeah, that first let's one. Go. That first one is probably Puna a reach. Ford, Daryl Taylor, Jordan Brooks is the other one. Of all those Jordan guys, Brooks, I buy. Brooks, Jordan I Brooks, do I buy. Too. How about no. you, Brock? Though of those four, let's take Brooks out of the equation. Between Taylor, Ford, and I guess L.J. Collier, who's going to be a Seahawks defensive star? Well, Jordan's going to have the most opportunity, right? Especially yeah. if the big walruses cover people up and let him run sideline to sideline, which is you know going to be their duty. And it's going to be fun, too. You know, We didn't get to a ton of X's and O's and some of the different fronts and, and things that, that you're going to see a little bit. I think you're going to see more mix this season from the Seahawks with some of their fronts. And being able to get Puna Ford... Not taking on double teams all the time, but actually get him on the edges or get him one-on-one situations. And and Cliff Averill was talking about this a couple weeks ago as he was really highlighting the D-line and loved the depth of that room. And he pointed to Puna as a guy that he trained this offseason. And he said, man, I think he is poised, especially if he gets one-on-one opportunities, you know, to be a difference maker, to be a Brandon Meebane, get you five or six sacks and be disruptive and be in the backfield. So... Of those, Jordan will have the most production, but my my comfort level would probably fall to Puna number two. Got a little bit of money, has had some production in this league, has flashed at times some explosiveness, and I think with some of the different blitzes, some of the different fronts, some of the different scheme coming your way, yeah, I think that 5'11 nose guard out of South Carolina has got an opportunity to do some damage. I, I agree with you on that assessment. I think those are going to be the two most productive of those four. Here's the problem. Neither of those guys plays defensive end. And the two guys that are not going to make that leap, I don't think, do. And that's the value position. Yeah. Daryl Taylor, second round pick, and LJ Collier, first round pick. And yep. I don't think either of them is going to be that that edge rusher. So I, I do I think Puna Ford is a really solid and going to be a really good important pro for them. But that's yep. a defensive tackle is not nearly as important as a no, pass rusher. A pass rusher off the edge, and that is where you know I think Pete would say to you, "Well, hold on a second. That's where Dunlap and Mayowa come into play. You know that Daryl will will find his foot in, will find a role for him. We'll see exactly how that's going to look. Is he going to be maybe a little bit more strong side linebacker guy in base? Which, as I said to you guys the other day, I thought showed up setting an edge a little bit, albeit against Oakland or sorry Vegas's backups." 
Um, but, hey, by the way, did Vegas do any role-playing before the game? Role-play? Paul Galan, have you ever heard John Clayton's role-playing? No. you ever heard? I don't think you've ever heard this. Maura, I'm sorry to to Hang on. Do I want to hear this? Maura, I'm sorry to put you on the spot. I'll let Maura dig for a second. We, uh, Howdy and I, I remember this to the day I die. Howdy and I were back east. I was taping a couple above and beyond podcasts. We were out there for the Clemson spring game. And so we did the show, Howdy and I, in our in a studio in Atlanta, a radio station down there. Salk was in studio in Seattle. We had Clayton on in the morning drive, and the Vegas Golden Knights were in their playoff push. And they were doing their role-playing before the game with all their actors in the arena. Did I give more enough time? Yes, I've got it. Here and, you go. Yeah, if you haven't heard this yet, this is the thing that makes Graz laugh the hardest. Like, I've seen him... Every time he's heard it, turn completely red and he can't breathe. Oh, he's wow. So hard. Here you go, Paul. Mr. Professor Clayton, if you yes. were going to. How are you and Brock doing? Brock uh, getting along. We're getting along really well, actually. It's uh, It's been an interesting process. Uh, but if you were going to be a part of a live action role playing group, what weapon do you think that you would be using? <laughs> a role play group? What would would have. What John, we're going to let you go. John, you got to go. Go get some water. That's enough. We're not. You have to stop. Go get some water. That's enough. That's enough, John. We'll we'll hear from you at ten o'clock. Oh my God! I hope somebody somebody make sure John's okay. Kyle, please check on John. And that's why I'm a terrible human being because I just all I can remember. Lozenges are great. I honestly thought the next sound we were going to hear was the thump of his head on the table. That he was going to lose consciousness. He was going to fight through his his role play. And he was going to just fight to the very end. Oh, People should God. know this about John because when John gets sick, he doesn't want to take time off. No. Like he, he will actually refuse to take time off. So he'll be sick. Like there have been times... When I was in the afternoon, we're interviewing him. And we're like, John, just just don't go. No, I can I can come on and do it. And you hear him, and at the end of it, you'd have people texting us of like, what you just did constitutes elder abuse in forty eight of the fifty states. Like that sounds cruel and unusual that we had him. But John, John, John's desire to play yep. hurt is unbelievable. Yep, yep. He don't know that line between hurt and injured. He no, there's no quit in the professor. He That's right. The five oh nine plays through. All right, boys. I I hope I'm more positive the Monday. I hope. Yeah, I hope so too. Game number two. Did you just mention walrus duties? The four two five said that. What do you I mean did. by walrus duties? Yeah, D line are like walruses. Or well, walrai. Are they? They, they the like to them? exert uh, energy and effort only when pushed to it. They would love to lay in the sand, flop sand over, and they love to lay under the scoreboard there at camp in the shade. And then when it's time to go do your work, they do their work. But they conserve energy better than anybody else. But those big walruses, they got to cover it up and let Bobby and and Jordan and crew run around. I I don't know. What's your sense? You guys are 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 listening to it all week. Listen to Pete yesterday. Do you think starters are going to play a nope. few more starters Saturday? Nope. Uh, a few more, yes, but I don't think I don't think we're seeing the first unit offensive line. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think the think defense is again going to be the one to focus on, and and specifically the cornerbacks are the guys that I will be looking at the most. Well, it will be a good test because Denver 
plays their starters. Denver's in in the middle of a QB competition yep. with Drew Locke and, and Bridgewater. Receiver. So you're going to get their very, you know, as far as I think these three games, you're going to get the best, most realistic regular season shot from those guys offensively. He is Brock Hewitt. We will talk to him next week. Thanks so much, Brock. You got it, boys. See ya.